No, he didn't slam you. He didn't bump you. He didn't nudge you. He rubbed you. And rubbing son is racing. And welcome everybody to Locked On iRacing, your news and results podcast for 2022, season two, week seven. I'm Peter Wilkinson, and I'm joined tonight by two beautiful young men, Carl Wilkinson Withy and Braden Martin. But before we get to them, just a quick note, there's no live episode this week. We're in the middle of moving house, or I'm in the middle of moving house, and I've literally just got one screen and a microphone and a computer, and that's all I've got. So doing a live stream tonight would have been um, quite difficult. Uh, on that note as well, I've had to postpone all the charity event stuff that I was planning for this week because of the same reason, and work is a little bit crazy at the moment. So we are aiming for June slash July sometime. We're going to do a two-week period around there. I'm looking at maybe the, around the spa 24-hour as one of the events, but We'll see how we go, but that is the news at the moment. We will get this episode out to you soon. By the time you hear it, it's obviously out. Um, but thank you, everyone, for your patience while we're going through this moving process. Hopefully, the brand new studio will look really good, and hopefully, we're live from it next Tuesday. Uh, but for now, I'd like to welcome Carl to the podcast. How are you going, mate? I am good, Wilco. Very good indeed. Well, as good as I can be, in fact. Um, but yes, a uh, bit of news this week of course and uh it's been a busy week for us all unfortunately and uh, getting prepared for things to come this week as well so lots and lots of preparation and of course you moving house and uh all of that kind of stuff really really does take up an awful lot of time it really does and um when you got two people down with covid at work plus someone walked out literally so little bit of a backstory timeline that happened we committed to this friday night gig um at the for the for the legends race on friday night and i got all excited let's start doing it and within an hour someone walked out on me at work uh so 11 p.m last tuesday night um my world got flipped on its head which meant basically if someone walks out i've got to basically fill that gap until we fill the fill the hole which is still hasn't happened yet and with the other two people down it's just my whole life is in chaos for work right now so i, I that's when i decided to postpone everything um to a better stage of my life, which, like I said, it, it was a little bit we were sort of stretching. It was never going to be the actual thing that I wanted to do because at the end of the day, I want to do it as a polished professional thing, and it just wasn't going to happen. It was going to be too um, too thrown together, unfortunately. But, look, I'm pretty excited. We've got this new house on the way, and um, Key's literally two nights or two days away, so not far to go at all. Uh, but now Brayden's finished playing around with his microphone. How are you, mate? And welcome to the podcast. Yeah, not too bad. Not too bad. <laughs> it's pretty much the same as you, just ridiculously busy. Um, back to work this week, so a bit of a shock to the system, but it's all right. Just a, um, a a pro tip for anyone recording a podcast. When you set a time to, go, uh, to, to start recording, and you're about to start the five-second countdown, and the other host turns around and says, oh, I know the problem. <laughs> yeah, maybe we should have delayed the start. But anyway, we're into it now. Uh, we're going to do, because we're not doing the live version this week, we're just going to do a very, 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 very truncated version of what we've been up to, and then we will get into the news, because I, I do want to hear um, Braden uh, has been doing some more trucks and some more Porsche, and then I've got a little bit of stuff to talk about. Carl's just been commentating, so we don't really need to hear much from him. Um, but Braden, just give us a quick wrap of what you've been up to, mate. Yeah, a couple of couple of races under the belt again this week. So I did the first round of the Porsche uh, SRW Porsche series, um, which headed to Laguna Seca, which was about an hour race around. Um, yeah, the big dusty old Californian track. It is in California, right? <laughs> I'm pretty sure. Um, and yeah, I'll tell you what, it was it was hard work. Um, not a lot of time to breathe around Laguna Seca. Um, no really. Were you really one much... of the nasty cars that didn't pull over when they got lapped or what? <laughs> yeah, I know. The um <laughs> the Sultan himself, <laughs> Mr. Tim Corn, was uh getting having people obstruct his uh, obstruct his way. Nah, I don't think he had too many problems. Honestly, I thought the driving standards were super super good. Um there was a little bit of confusion um with one one of the drivers, um, which kind of sucked. Um, but overall I thought that the driving standards that came by my way were really really good like i was i think i qualified 12th um 
ish, 10th or 12th. I think it was 12th. Um, so, and I was pretty well off the pace, like close to a second and a half, if not more off the pace, sitting in 12th. Or maybe it was just, maybe it was just under a second and a half. It was, it was a fair way off. Um, well, a fair way off for what I'm probably more accustomed to in the racing I've been doing recently, apart from Scops. Um, and it was just, yeah, it was just full on. Um, tricky, tricky track to pass around. Um, obviously, you got the the opening turns that are a pretty good passing opportunity, but you know you got the corkscrew, which lots of people like to think is a really good passing opportunity. But if it goes <laughs> wrong, it goes horribly wrong. Um, but I didn't run into too much trouble. Honestly, I drove really, really within myself. Um, I was about twenty to twenty five percent better on my tires than in the practice that I'd done. So that kind of surprised me. I probably could have not taken tires, um, which I just didn't think was going to be the case. I thought by the end of the if I had not taken tires, like by the end my car would have been completely cooked. And that that's what the fast guys did. They didn't take tires, um, and they were still quicker than me as well. Um but yeah, managed to be the last car on the lead lap. I think I finished tenth. Uh, there was a bit of a mix-up at the start, and two of the really quick guys didn't get off the line very well or, or had spins. I mean, ended up right at the back, um, and when they were coming through, they were super patient, um, almost too patient for my liking in a sense. Like There was a few times when a couple of the guys that were quite quick kind of stuck the nose in but didn't really commit to the corner, and what that did was make us really go kind of too wide, but I still had more speed because they had compromised their own line which kind of just slowed us down for multiple corners, whereas I almost left the room and sort of stuck it a little bit wide so that they could just push their way through, but they were almost too polite, um, which meant that it kind of just slowed us both down. Um, but it's good. I'd rather that, I suppose, than getting you know dive-bombed left, right, and center. Um, but yeah, so I think I ended up finishing P10, last car on the lead lap, um, and it was just a real grind. First race I'd ever done in that car, hadn't done any officials, um, and yeah, Laguna Seca was it was hard work. Yeah, always is. I yeah, I won't go too much into it. But last time I went to Laguna Seca properly was back when we did our um, enduro race there, um, and that wasn't a fun experience for me. But but you guys had a bit of fun, so yeah, I, I'm not I'm not a big fan of Laguna Seca. But Kota, you went there in the trucks. How did you end up going? Yeah, just before I move on to that, is that the I reckon that was our very first enduro race, right? Um, <laughs> And that was the one where if Maitzi was in the SRW Porsche League, no one would have had a problem with the way he was pulling over to let people through when we were getting like <laughs> you, You'd get someone five seconds behind him and he'd pull over. <laughs> so I think he's definitely progressed a bit since back then, a little bit more confident. But yeah, that was definitely a shock to the system being lapped for the first time. Um, yeah, we went to Coda for an hour-timed race in the trucks, which was equally hard work. I haven't exactly made it easy for myself over the last couple of races. Um I'd done a bit of practice uh, and had got down to what I thought was a pretty good time. Like it was like a 218.4 or something or 218.5 or something I'd I'd managed to do, um, which felt pretty quick. I didn't really know how much quicker I could go. Uh, Jumped into the session and some crazy bloke did like a 215, (laughs) 215.6 or so (laughs) get qualifying. And I was like, right, well, that's not great, is it? (laughs) So... He was doing two fifteens. I think I qualified eighth last night. Um, I actually did two seventeen nine, so did better than any of the laps I'd done in practice. So that was kind of good to be able to string together my best lap, although it was still two plus seconds off the fastest time. Um, and had an okay race. Uh, I pretty much hung around the sort of eighth spot most of the race. Um, Got caught by a couple of cars towards the end of my first stint uh, and got pushed back a little bit. But I'd noticed that my fuel had come down to about the next notch in the truck's like ability to fill up. So for those who don't drive the, the truck, it's not like your GT3s or some of the other cars where you can go in 0.5 litre increments. It's, um, correct me if I'm wrong, Carl, was it in gallons, every, every gallon or something? Or... Yeah, it's like five hogsheads to the gallon, you know, proper <laughs> American style. Um, yeah, it, it's it's very, very low tech. Yeah, so 
you can save a fair bit of time if you can basically uh, eliminate one of those hogsheads <laughs> extra to put into <laughs> you, put into your car. Um, so as I was getting towards the end of the stint, I was noticing like, ooh, I actually might be able to get down to the next one. So the next tick was 45 liters um, and I was at about 46 needing to be put in. So I noticed the guys behind me were kind of catching me anyway. So I decided to try and fuel save. So big clutches down the back um, straight and um, into turn one a little bit. Um, unfortunately, spun myself trying to fuel save into turn one. <laughs> Didn't do a full spin, but enough to you know, spin the back end around and be facing the direction I now wanted to go, which <laughs> was a hairpin, so that was good. But definitely lost about four or five seconds there, which got the guys behind me a lot closer. Um, but came into the pits basically equal with the guy who was catching me and left the pits 11 and a half seconds ahead of him. Um, so that was really cool to see that the little bit of fuel saving actually was worth it because um, I'm assuming he had to take on the extra fuel and maybe just had a bad stop as well. Um. But unfortunately, it didn't matter. He ended up catching me. I got caught behind some left traffic. I thought I read in the rule book that blue flags were meant to be obeyed as they would be on road courses. Um, <laughs> obviously, ovals are different. Overly, I, I, under, I understand no that. Thing as a blue flag. And yeah, I was getting pretty significantly held up by uh, a blue flag that I thought maybe could have just moved over a little bit and maybe given me a little bit of space. Well, um, what you do in that situation is you just get up to their rear quarter panel and just give them a gentle tap, <laughs> yeah. and that's how blue flags are work in NASCAR. It's yeah. very simple. <laughs> yeah, and I guess that's probably something I need to get a little bit more, a little bit more aggression. So that literally cost me four and a half seconds in one lap um, to the guy behind me. You know, obviously code is a massive lap, but it cost me so much time. The guy ended up getting right onto the back of me. I finally passed the guy, but the guy who was catching me was now right on my tail and managed to go through when I made the overtake. So he then didn't have to deal with that blue flag at the same time. Um, and then, yeah, two laps to go. He had made a mistake. I'd got about three seconds ahead, but he was catching me. My tires were completely cooked from the spin. Um, and also I'd been just um, ever since the spin, like they were just dropping away more and more and more. I couldn't get them to come back down to a good temperature to work with. So he caught me back up, but sort of gave me a bit of a punt to pass um, and race control made him redress. But the problem was I was pretty far behind him. So I was, you know, not pushing whatsoever because in the hope that, you know, he'd catch me, he'd be able to redress to me at a point where it was basically too late for him to get back in front of me. Um, but he managed to get the redress done just as we were starting this back straight and managed to oh, wow. um, <laughs> yeah, get, get me through the left-hander before you go into the triple right-hander. I made a little bit of a mistake. I kind of spun the rears a little bit. He hit me and I got spun, but it was probably more my fault. So I couldn't really complain about that. So I ended up 10th, lost two spots overall. It was a bit... I said before the night started to to Jeremy and Leon that the idea was to try and get a top 10 and I'd be happy with that after getting fourth in the first week and um, that would have been good. Um, but after starting eighth and then being in around the sort of seven, six guys and, and making mistakes being the reason I dropped down to 10th, I was a little bit disappointed in that. But overall, it was... It was I won't say it was fun. It was, it was, <laughs> it hard, was, it was hard work and it's something I don't want to do again for a very long time, but <laughs> we did it. So, yeah. Yeah, you did it. Uh, I'm glad I sold my rig before last night. So I had no chance of being able to do that because uh, there was a, a, a thought and a prayer going out there that I might jump in the league. Um, but, you know, that wasn't going to happen. So uh, as you heard, I've, I've sold my rig, so I don't have a rig anymore. Um, uh, can't race, can't do anything right now. Pulled it apart last night, which was a bit interesting and a bit fun, but it's done. The person who, um, the person who took it got a really good steal, but yeah, it's happened. Um, so no more G920 to steer myself. Uh, I now will have, this is the other news I officially paid for. Uh, and organised with John through Racecraft to get my new rig sent out. So um, a whole heap of stuff. But SimiCube uh, is the base. Ooh. So I uh, got a, he was an OMP wheel to go with it. it. I haven't seen it yet. He's just done it. 
Um, and then I, I, I just text, I messaged him to say, hey, what's what's going on? I hope he doesn't mind me still telling the story. And he's like, yeah, yeah, no, here it is. Send you out the invoice, send out the invoice. And I'm like, okay, that half of what I thought, what's going on here? And um, I said, uh, just out of interest, what am I attaching this wheel to and the base to? And he's like, oh, do you need a rig as well? I said, yeah, that's what I was actually after as well. So um, he's like, oh, that'll put it back a few days, unfortunately, because the boys are swamped. But um, yeah, he got the quad. Uh, I think it's the O the, the three ver- model of his the rigs that he's got over there. And RKS O three or something. Yeah, O three something. Yeah, yeah, it sounds about it. But you got the quads. Uh, I've got the seat, and um, yeah, so woke up to that this morning. Um, Invoices, he said the semi cube. I think I've got the pro, um, two coming out, so that'll be coming straight from semi cube at the moment. He said express, so I might actually get there before the we move into the house. Uh, or that, that'll strap to the desk, that'll be fine. Yeah. <laughs> That's it. So, uh, I've got the the sprint, so I technically will be able to race. There's just nothing to really attach it to that won't flip over and destroy the house. Uh, I've got four monitors sitting on the ground in the in the lounge room ready to attach to something and everything's sort of in pieces. But, yeah, that's done. Thanks, John, for the help. And I can't wait to put it together and show you all and hopefully race some NASCAR again soon. But um, what I did get to do over the weekend, oh, you going to say something, Brain? I was just going to say, do we get a live stream of you uh, putting it all together? Because I'd, I'd like to watch that. That's a 15-hour stream, I think. But... <laughs> no, not with the race. If you bought a track racer thing, it'd be about 15 hours. So... But... I am just picturing the Simpsons. He's just he just holds up the box and he's just like, why the hell does mine look like that? Look, you joke, but when I got my next level one from whatever it was, I did a live stream on my lunch break because um, I came home early, put it together and live streamed and had like six or seven people watching me do it. So it has been done before and it can be done again. So I remember when you used to live stream on your lunch break. It was great. Oh. It used to be around about the time I'd have lunch sometimes, so I'd chuck it up on my phone. It was good. I was talking to my wife the other day. I'm like, because she's October, she started working for me. And I'm like, yeah, we'll get to spend heaps more time together. And I, I've said that many times on the podcast. I said to her, how many times have we actually had a chance to spend some time together during the day since you started like six or seven months ago? She's like, very, very little. Um, that's how stupid my, my work situation is at the moment. So, um, but yeah, I'd, I'd, I'd love to get back to it. But yeah, that was, was there's, there's a potential of a stream there. I, I want to stream a walkthrough of the house. I want to do, a, a, especially once the studio set up, all that kind of stuff. But yeah, that, that's the, the focus at the moment. But I sat down and I particularly wanted to do something that wasn't racing, wasn't broadcasting, wasn't work related. So remember Turbo Golf Racing had their beta this weekend. So I sat there and played a bit of that and then got addicted to that. So driving the car around a golf course kicked kicking a, a soccer ball size ball into the into a hole was really good fun. I had a couple of wins and all that kind of stuff. So uh, if you haven't already, check out uh, Turbo Race Golfing on Steam. Go go wishlist it, and they've got a couple more beaters coming up soon, apparently. So check it out. But that's what I've been up to, Carl. Anything you want to add to that before we go into the news? Uh, like, literally, my, my week's been basically commentating um commentating commentating and more commentating uh i do not get a chance to sit in the rig or drive a car anymore so uh it is all just talking about it i will not get you to talk about it tomorrow night how's that sound oh look uh, i mean you say that (laughs) (laughs) no we're not broadcasting thunder right now so it's not going to happen but we will be doing it we'll get more into what we're doing in a sec there is actually uh the answer there is a special event on tomorrow night with the 87, so Fran's car. So I uh, see you're going to do that, are you? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Might do. We'll see how it goes. <laughs> yeah, I'm not, just so you know. Um, let's head into the news. Uh, if you're interested in adding to our news, come join our Discord, lockedonlands.com slash Discord. Uh, we now have a channel, a page set up. It's actually just a reused channel. We've renamed it. Uh, it is now called... Let me have a look here. Our content, it's under our content subfolder, is add your news for the podcast here. Capitals for here. Are you sure Isn't it that... says add your news? No, add you news. I've got to edit <laughs> that and fix that. I'll do that after. I'm never going to do that. It's just going to be spelled as a female sheep as well, as in E W E. Like, seriously, Wilco, like, what's going on here? 
Anyway, oh. it's there. If you go join our Discord, that's the main thing. Lothonlads.com slash Discord. Yeah, thank you for the people who have joined it in the last couple of weeks. It's been really good to see the people join it. But who's bringing you the news this week right on the fly. Uh, also, thanks to Brewster Coffee. We haven't mentioned Brewster Coffee. Uh, he's paying us to mention him, so go check out Brewster Coffee, brewster.coffee, uh, and rate your local coffees and find your local coffees. It's a really good thing to do. Uh, let's go to... Formula One, of all things. Um, Miami week, race week at the moment. So, Carl and Brayden, I don't know anything about this except for the the memes and everything that's popped up on the internet. But what's happening with the water harbour thing that's happening with Miami at the moment? Yeah, well, there's been a bit of a, a, a meme uproar over the last sort of week or so as the track's been sort of being pulled together. Um, for anyone who hasn't had a look, maybe search something up on Google like Miami F1 GP boat <laughs> or something along those lines. <laughs> but basically, they've um, wanted to really get behind the the Miami theme with the track, um, and they've sort of made a makeshift kind of little key, I suppose you'd call it, little mini harbor type vibe, um, uh, uh, and have chucked some yachts <laughs> on there. So I don't know. There seems to be a lot of meme uproar well, about it. You say chucked some yachts on there. They're actually they're actually people's boats. So Ooh, you yeah, can actually yeah. buy a ticket to get your boat into that harbour stand, and they they basically it, it's a ticket for the holders. And I think it was like fifteen thousand dollars or something stupid like that. It was a ridiculous amount, and it, it's it's literally just it planks of wood painted blue uh, to cover it because there isn't actually there's a tiny stream that runs by the stadium uh, but other than that there's no other water sources in the car park for the uh, stadium that it's being held in uh, so it, it's just it's one of the funniest things and it's it's just a, so, such an American thing as well you just gotta go that like yeah this is so American um, one of the other things as well of course is the CEO for Audi and Porsche group did announce that they will be joining in 26, um, but there's no other news officially for who they're joining or what's going on with that. But the CEO has said that they will be coming in in 2026. And so there's there's a fair bit of sort of little news here and there. Um, but I am really looking forward to seeing Miami, of course. I'm not sure how the track's going to race, but it's going to be, it's kind of going to be cool. I do wish they were racing at Long Beach, though. It is kind of ironic that you can buy your boat a ticket when, from all reports, <laughs> from what I've seen, you can barely get yourself a ticket. So <laughs> it is kind of interesting that someone could buy a ticket for their boat, but someone probably can't get themselves a general admission ticket just to <laughs> walk around the track somewhere. So um, that, that is kind of interesting. I guess the other little bit of news on the F1 front is a lot of rumors swirling around uh, Danny Rick's seat and how it could uh, be very much up for grabs a lot earlier than maybe even his contract says. or. Um, yeah, at the very least, at the end of his contract, which I think is at the end of 23, is it? Or is he till 24? 24. Might be 24. 24. Um, yeah. But yeah, a lot of news. You know, they're obviously making a big splash in the US market at the moment, probably through the Netflix series, getting a lot of American followers. Um, now with three US Grand Prix, I'm sure they'd love to have a US driver on track. And obviously, McLaren has Colin Herder as one of their drivers in the IndyCar series. Um, and... Don't forget Pato Award as well, who yep. won uh, Barber this week. Um, you know, he, he's a McLaren Arrows uh, driver. You know, he he's not te he's Mexican, but he's, you know, um, he's still very much one of those drivers that could be in the running and has that big um, audience influence in America. Yeah, so, you know, I really hope that Daniel can prove something, you know, over the second half of the season. I mean, we're at what second half? Over the four-fifths of the season that are still left to go. Um, but, I mean, it's been a shaky start. The more pressure will keep building, the more Lando continues to be successful while he's having struggles, whether they're through his fault or not his fault. The the noise um, externally is going to continue. And, yeah, it'd be a real shame to see an Aussie get kind of kicked out of Formula 1. He's obviously on the back end of his career. Um, he's certainly not on the front end of it like some of the other drivers. Um don't know, maybe we'll have to be uh, cheering for Oscar Piastri <laughs> as the only Aussie, um, which would be a bit sad when we thought we were going to have a chance of having two drivers up there pretty, pretty soon. Yeah, well, I think one thing first, I'm really disappointed or I really want to see 
one of those big influencers slash YouTubers over there with money to burn pay $15,000 for their boat and buy a tinny and put the tinny in there <laughs> and just sit there watching the race from the tinny. That would be the, the goal. That's what I want to see. Um, but secondly, he, from my understanding, he was hired to do a role, which is bring Lando through, be the senior driver, show Lando what to do. And it's pretty hard to do that when Lando's beating you each week. So I assume there's something in his clause there, a clause in his contract somewhere that if he's not performing, he can, they can sort of get out early if they're not doing the role they got it for. So, uh, but this is the main thing we're doing this for. Don't forget, if you're in the fantasy team, get your changes done by a certain time. When is it? When's qualifying this week, Braden? Because it caught me out last time. <laughs> yeah, just uh, Saturday this time. No, no crazy Friday night practices. No sprint races this week. So just uh, Saturday. Well, actually, what it'll probably it'll be, be Sunday, Sunday morning. Sunday really morning. Yeah, probably mm. three, four o'clock Sunday morning. Something like that. Okay, so get in, get in, and do that. Uh, let's quickly move into motorsport games, which you talked about uh, last time we had Carl on. Uh, had a little bit of an update. What's been happening there, Carl? What kind of shenanigans are going on now? Oh, all kinds of shenanigans. Um, Dimitri Kozkov, Dimitri Kozko, sorry, I should say, the CEO. Um, lots of stuff has come out about him from his pre- previous uh, shenanigans, um, tanking uh, previous companies and ele- I'll always add the allegedly uh, good old allegedly uh, savior from all of those lovely lovely uh, lawyers that will come hunting you down uh, but a fair bit more has come out and a lot more has come out into the public eyes a lot, a lot more a lot larger channels are covering it as well uh, originally one of the big people to cover it was uh, a guy called Austin Ogneski on on YouTube um, who had a lot of videos but recently, a really good video came up on Upper Echelon Gamers. Uh, a fair few other channels as well have been bringing more and more to attention. And a lot of investors are jumping ship. The BTCC game has been cancelled. Um, NASCAR is still trying to pull out of the situation with 707 Game Studios. It's really starting to flare up. And effectively, they, they're sort of claiming they don't have enough money to last until the end of the year. They're sort of they're claiming that. So their stocks have completely tanked. Um, it is a claiming, lot of news. Claiming that whilst also pushing ahead, still trying to acquire other licenses and things yeah. though as well, which is the crazy part. Is that trading and, under liquidation? Like trading, what is it, trading insolvent? Yeah. And, and also Dimitri Costco got a pay rise of about $700,000 as well. <laughs> um, so, you know, it, it, it's the um, it's the typical... Uh, dodgy russian uh oligarch in charge situation um so always fun yeah i, it, I was you gonna say Braden? i was gonna say it was interesting watching i think it was Erman hamadovich more something along those lines on youtube um youtube video uh and he was talking about it in a little bit more depth and how the the way that this company has come from it was sort of come from nowhere, had no real affiliation with motorsport and then, you know, try to transition and bought up all these licenses, but didn't really have any kind of plan. They were, the, the way he was selling stuff to the, to the um, shareholders, um, like saying how they have a really active uh, fan base in, in NASCAR ignition when it was like, you know, something like 40 active users or something yeah. at the moment. Um, and, you know, saying that there was positive reviews, but not mentioning the fact that over the last like three months, basically all of the reviews on steam were negative. But then when referring to another game, brought up the idea of having lots of positive steam reviews so basically just completely ignored the fact that the game that he was trying to put paint in a better light had all these negative reviews but then used the exact same source to um to his advantage later and like the the stocks had dropped from like 30 something plus dollars to like less than a dollar um in stock so anyone who you know had money in that just has been completely sure. shafted yeah, and plus so- there was the uh, the virtual Le Mans race as well last year where they had apparently over 80 million viewers watching the race. Yeah, um, which, 80, million, uh, 80 million engagements or something was yeah. like the, the term or, that they were trying to pass uh, off. And yeah. It's like real life Le Mans doesn't have 80 million <laughs> engagements. It doesn't have 80 million <laughs> eyes on it. So I don't think your virtual one did, mate. What it sounds like, a bit of a backstory to the gaming industry as a whole at the moment is basically everything's getting bought up right now. We've had 
literally got off the Square Enix West. Western publishers, uh, Western developers have all been sold off today, along with all the IP. Um, you've just come off Activision getting sold and a few other um, big names getting sold, and you've got Warner Brothers is being shopped around at the moment. It feels like the rest of Square Enix is being shopped around at the moment, and Ubisoft is also being shopped around at the moment. So to to do that, you you paint a picture of this is how much we're worth, come buy me and I make some quick money and walk away. And it sounds like that's what he was doing, getting all these licenses up, getting all these, um, like, we even had it with iRacing. iRacing has brought up a, a whole heap of different developers recently as well, but it's, hey, cool, let's, let's paint a picture of we're doing a really good job. We're making lots of money. We've got heaps of money coming into the future and let's sell this thing and get out of you and make, make a quick buck. So what am I start? Any money in say, the locked on kitty for Ubisoft? <laughs> I, I enjoyed the old uh, Tony Hawk games. I'm pretty sure they were made by Ubisoft. No, they're not made by that at all. Oh. That's an Activision that's Activision. Game. Activision. Yeah. Oh, that was Activision. Yeah. That's right. I remember um, the little eyeball with the stake going through it. Yeah, that's right. I remember that. I just got to say, I was just looking at his uh, the CEO's LinkedIn um, page, and one of the quotes on there is, Dimitri is a business associate of mine who's proved through the years, to be a solid guy, ethical, trustworthy, protective, dependable, and talented. And it's just like, uh, yeah, definitely. Words a- from a thesaurus. Which, yeah, which, Google, which Google ad service did you pay to write <laughs> these? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, well, well done for writing yourself up like that, yeah. uh, pretending to be an employee, Dimitri. Uh, but, yeah, it's it's terrible stuff. And I feel for the people that are actually, like Craftcart, um, obviously they got bought up by motorsport games and they've just been tanked. And of course, even like our factories we we're talking about, like they were bought into there and 707 game studio, they were all bought in to that business and they've just been tanked. And the investors of those companies are actually suing motorsport games as it uh-huh. sounds. It's, it's a really messy situation. Yeah, it's not good at all, but from one person who writes themselves up and, and talks a big game to another one, Ed Foster's announced some new stuff in the Anscar. Uh, Carl, we saw, I saw this pop in the Discord today. Uh, we've got some new things, in, including an easy way in, a guaranteed way into the Anscar Cup. So what's happened today over in Anscar? Yeah, so uh, this will be from 2023, obviously, so not this current yes. season, um, but it's a guaranteed starting spot uh, for every cup race. And you have to basically be able to start every cup race in the season if you want to go in for this one. Um, there are, of course, you know, obviously you, the odd missing here and there um, is going to be in the charter, um, but they're going to be called charter holders, um, senior members of the league, people who um, have been members and racing with Anscar for a very long time. There'll be a certain number of spots for them that they can get sort of locked in efficient, effectively. There'll still be the qualifying aspect for the cup as well. Um, so that part of it won't change too much, uh, but there will be application forms for the pre-season of next year for people to, to take into. Um, the consideration for it is history, regular participation, sportsmanship, um, and their performance results overall. Um, these are all going to be taken into uh, into um, into effect for the actual applicants. And uh, obviously, you know, the people that have been supporting Ansgar throughout the years, you know, the, those drivers that have been showing up every week in and week out, you know, constantly going there and they, they, they're solid drivers and solid races. They're the ones that are looking to be locked in in that respect. And then, of course, there'll still be the available spots for people to actually come in and, and earn their way in effectively and earn themselves into that position in the future. Yeah, sounds exciting. I definitely won't be one who will get a charter, even though I'd love one, but I, I ha- will have to qualify my way in. But, um, yeah, so I, I'm not chasing the cup at the moment, obviously, because my life is chaos at the moment, but I think I need to get a bit more practice. But um, we'll hopefully get back up there at some stage, maybe 2023, but we'll see how we go. But he's also clamping down on some naughty behaviour. Yeah, that's it. Um, also, we're just doing uh, just in in in-game chat effectively in sim chat is being clamped down on a little bit just to stop some of the um 
just just some of the messages being sort of said and some things that are being said in the heat at the moment just just a little bit more of a professional attitude on the racetrack and this goes for everybody out there um including ed himself <laughs> he'll be the first one to even get a little bit hot-headed sometimes um but it is effectively just for everybody just to be a little bit a little bit less banter on the radio uh that's what discord's for you know absolutely you know the discord channels you know go for it you know in, in your race channels in your team channels or in the in the, the in race chat for the people who want to join it but actually on the track itself it's going to be more locked to just letting people know when a, they're passing or if there's an accident just just general in sim stuff not just normal banter um yeah. and also of course no sort of you know no name calling the usual things of just tolerance and all that kind of stuff but uh not that we've had an issue with that really it's just something that we wanted to implement because many other leagues have got that implemented already um it's just keeping up consistency with everything really there yeah cool no problems we've got three more things that i'm going to add one uh in the news section before we go into the results so but they're going to be pretty quick ones uh, I'd like to announce a new podcast that me and well, me and Braden are actually starting up in the next. Or back, basically, the RSS feed will be up in the next couple of days once I get approval to to launch it. Uh, this is to do with the Logitech G Supercar Pro Invitational. We will be doing a bit of a wrap up and a preview uh, in between rounds. So we'll wrap up the previous round, talk to a couple of drivers or key key holders. Um, and then preview the upcoming race before it. So if you're interested in some V8s uh, chat, uh, the new podcast will be called The Paddock, question mark. Um, we're still confirming that at the moment, but it will be 100% solely based on the Logitech G Pro Invitational uh, Supercar Edition. And it will be about a half-hour podcast uh, in between rounds. So there'll be 10 of them that will go through the year. Uh, we will wrap up the season at the end as well and preview the, the next season. But yeah, that's going to be a cool little thing that me and Braden will be announcing and and launching pretty soon. And um, yeah, cool to get onto that. Uh, there's some rumors floating around. If you're a V8 Supercars fan, that their long, long time Holden team that was Walkinshaw Racing, which is now Walkinshaw Andretti United, is about to go to Ford. What do you reckon, Braden? Yeah, very, very sad and disappointing. <laughs> um, obviously, being a a Holden Holden boy my whole life. Um, old man worked at Holden and just always been Holden. Uh, go to the Clipsal Mark Scaife T-shirt in hand or on back rather. Um, so yeah, it's pretty. I mean, it never really quite felt like the original Holden dealer team without the red on it but knowing their backstory like when Chaz won Bathurst last year it was pretty cool to see like you know the you know the original Holden dealer team uh kind of kind of take that win um but yeah I uh, don't know how I feel about them driving around in Mustangs uh not not too chuffed about that one I won't lie yeah it'll be an interesting one like um I don't know what I would do if DJR moved to Holden um, obviously, being a long DJR fan for a very long time, there's always the rumours when, when especially when Ford wasn't handing out money to Ford teams anymore, that that, that was an option. And I don't know what I would have done to be honest. But um, it's, it's going to be bittersweet for me because Chaz obviously came out of DJR, uh, and Chaz was a was a was a was a Ford driver that I supported for all those time when he went to, you know, he won Bathurst with a Ford, and then you know jump ship to Holden, and then. Sort of, oh, I won't follow him very much anymore, but he's still a pretty cool character and, and very fast on the track. And you know, sort of seems to be a person that you want to you want your kids to look up to at least because he's doing all the right things and saying the right things. And then for him to come back to Ford, and then you're sort of following now. I'm, I'm supporting Walker Shaw Andretti United. It's um, it's a strange little thing, but it'll be interesting. There, there will be the uproar, people will leave and people will stay. and yeah, we'll see what happens. Hopefully, we'll find out soon officially. Motorsport's a bit of a weird one like that because I don't, especially as a kid, I don't really remember following drivers as much as I followed teams. Yes. So, like, you know, Chaz leaving, I didn't sit, like, I like for instance, if he never would have, but for instance, Mark Scaife went and left and 
joined another team and it happened to be a Ford team, I wouldn't have been like, oh, he's coming, oh, he's going to drive a Ford kind of thing. It would be like, oh, you're leaving my team. Wouldn't have mattered whether it was a Holden or a Ford necessarily. Um, but it's interesting. It's it's different to like other sports where I guess you probably follow players. Uh, I guess it's maybe similar to like an NBA type thing where people follow players and like. Maybe you go to a di- that player goes to a different team, and then you go for that different team. For some people, like I know, some people like that in basketball. Um, so well, yeah, it's it, interesting. We've seen it before. Like uh, anyone who is a Craig Lowndes supporter has Craig Lowndes has gone. Um, not so much teams, but he's definitely the team has changed cars. Like Triple Eight has changed cars back and forth multiple mm. times. So we're, it's not like we haven't seen it before, but it's it's interesting because with supercars, you've got Three tiers of support, I guess it is. You've got the people who, well, like myself, I'm a Ford fan, so I will support the Fords over the Holden. So when Fords are on top of the table, on top of the, the race weekend, I'm happy. When, when Holdens are, I'm not. But I'm also then a DJR supporter. So when DJR is doing well, like they did on the weekend, I'm excited. And then I'm also, well, I was a Scotty McLaughlin fan. So um, now I haven't really attached to, to either the current two drivers, but you know, you've still got then that level. So, you know, back of my mind, I've always been a Chaz fan, always been, you know, that. so you've got that triple layer with supercars, which mm. you don't sort of get much anywhere else. Yeah, you're right, because, you know, I, I definitely Holden first, and then I would say, like, you know, I was back in the day, you know, the Holden, Holden racing team, and then it would be drivers after that. But you're right, like, obviously, it's, I guess it's different because I was supporting a, a dealership team, so they're not yeah. going to be changing cars. But, you know, if I was... I don't know, like the the old Kmart cars or whatever with like Greg Murphy, if all of a sudden that team went, okay, we're not driving Holdens anymore, we're driving Fords and Greg Murphy was still there, well, I wouldn't be supporting them. Yeah, <laughs> like, well, exactly. Oh, so it, it is interesting because you are right. There is sort of your overlying allegiance and then the team that you like within that allegiance and then maybe you like the drivers mm. that are in that team as well um, and you got you got a bonus. But yeah, it's probably that overarching allegiance to Ford or Holden that comes first, isn't it? And see... That's the problem you've got with with supercars when you're not a Ford and not a Holden. So you know drivers come and go. You you, you go with that. Teams come and go a little bit. So it, it is hard to get a you know a new team comes in. They get their their followers. But when you get a whole new manufacturer coming, because people have always had that ingrained. I'm either a Ford or a Holden supporter. So Nissan comes in, and you're just like, well, who were they aiming for? Like, what supporters are they going to get? They're going to get the ones on the on the periphery that are sort of like, well, I don't really care for Ford or Holden. It's just this is the cool thing to go for now. But you're not going to, you're never going to get those hardcore supporters, which makes up you know, honestly in V8, it's probably eighty to ninety percent of the, the fan base, to be honest. So um, it's a hard one, and good luck to them. But yeah, there's some people out there that are going to be making some very hard decisions on on what they're supporting next year. I can tell you that. Not a Ford um, if you're smart. Well, that's it. So, like, it's just, just going to be like Walker Shore Andretti Racing, but then I'm a Holden fan. Like, you know, that's going to be a very hard thing to, to try and watch. But yeah, like, like I said, it's been done before. So I'm maybe just reading a little bit too much into it. But let's go into the final bit of news and then the little added one on uh, the Australasian Supercars E Series, uh, which is the V8s on ovals, which we are broadcasting for now, uh, had their season launch last week. So, season two. This year is about to launch, and it's a 22-week season. They're going for the big one for the rest of the season. So, um, sorry, we'll lucky, just step uh, in season four. Is it season four? Sorry, yeah. season two for this year, though. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. Um, so officially season four, but yeah, um, second part of the season for this year. Yes, but yes, so it was going to be an 11 week season. It's now pushed out to 22 weeks. There is a couple, one, uh, two break weeks, one in the first half, one in the second half. Um, but if you are Interested in that series, go over Australasian Supercars E-Series um, or on Facebook or get in contact with us and we'll get you into the series. But it will launch this Sunday, 8th of May, and we will, Locked On Lads TV, will be broadcasting it live on a Sunday night on our channels. So check that one out. Uh, now, the last little one that I was going to chuck in, I've probably forgotten about because I didn't write it down. So let's just get into the results. You made me talk too long, Carl. Um, <laughs> How is this my fault? It's always your fault. <laughs> uh, let's get into the results, everyone. So uh, the results this week are brought to you by, let's give Bruce the coffee a good little love 
Let's go to Brewster Coffee. Check out Ashley Knowles' beautiful website. Go uh, give him some clicks, do some stuff. Just get his analytics up, people. Go share it with someone. Go talk to someone about coffee. Uh, he's a really good supporter of us, so um, let's go support him. Uh, but quickly, we're going to get into uh, the results. Now, Carl, you've done a wrap. Do you want to do another one or do you want me to add this in what here? Just add it in. <laughs> Excellent. So this week in Anne's car, we had all kinds of cool stuff. Was there Talladega racing this week that I missed out on? Uh, was that a week ago? That was a week ago, yeah. What was this uh, week, Carl? No, that's, uh, that was this week, yeah. It was... Uh... Yeah, Wait, I, 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 it's been such a long week. Um, yes, it it's, been, been. it's been such a long week. Um, well, that's right because we had the wrap up of season one for the cars and the thunder, the trucks and the yeah. thunder. Yeah, so it's the, the final race for the thunder, of course. Um, yeah. this week, uh, so it's the wrap up for that with the rounds of the cup and the trucks in there as well. Okay, so take it away, Carl. Hello, chaps and chapettes, and welcome to the Anscar Wrap-Up. I am, as ever, Carl Wilkinson with E, and tonight we will start off with round 11 of the Affinity Construction Truck Championship at the track with the best cactus cam, Phoenix. Mitch Motorsport would do their title sponsors proud by putting them on the front row, with Martin taking pole and Gallagher on the outside. The race would run green to green, uh, green to checker, sorry, despite the uh, 60, car 65's best efforts of uh, spinning on the opening lap uh, like a complete dork. Uh, the Kaiji Racing entry pulling out of the race shortly after. We won't mention the driver's name here, but we know he's an absolute flog. Uh, anyway, uh, some great green flag action at behind the uh, behind the leader uh, to battle away. The battle of the race uh, was between Dyson uh, and Traher moving their way forwards. Uh, Traher following in the wake of Dyson. The green flag stops would come uh, through the midsection of the race, but it was pole sitter Martin who would once again prove why he is the truck king at taking out the victory. Dyson would come home second, Traher third, Jones fourth, and Gallagher in fifth. Championship-wise, it looks like this, with just one race remaining at Darlington. Gallagher leads teammate Danny G by just 12 points. Russell's third, 23 off the lead. Traher in fourth, 24 down. Fifth is Raymond, 40 points off the lead. Martin sixth, 43 points down. Micklemore seventh, 57 off the lead. Williams eighth, 96 off the lead. Ninth is Clark, 108 down. And Skullock rounds out the top 10 uh, with also 108 points. Next up, we head to the final round of the Thunder Xfinity series brought to you by Locked On Lads TV. Check it out on Facebook, Twitch and YouTube. The AJD Australia 150 at Darlington would be the Season 1 Championship finisher. Jones would take an impressive pole position just ahead of Pearson on his outside. The race would only see one caution on lap 52, meaning a fair few drivers came in for their second stop run before the yellow came out. However, reigning champion Gallagher would show why he is the King of Thunder once more with a perfect run and taking the win, win along with the Season 1 Championship, retaining his crown. Jones would keep up his really good run of form recently with a P2, with Pearson coming home in third, Micklemore fourth and Raymond in fifth. This means that the season one of the championship finished with Zeus himself, the King of Thunder, Hamish Gallagher, keeping his crown and his place as champion. Teammate Micklemore was second, third for Skerlock, fourth for Raymond, tied with Russell, sixth for Phelps, seventh for Clark, ninth for Nankervis and tenth for Fenley. Thunder will be back on the 17th of May for a shootout at Texas Motor Speedway. Will Gallagher retain his crown or will we see a new challenger emerge? And finally, it was round 10 of the Anscar Cup, brought to you by Performance eStreaming and, of course, 24-7 Sim Services, the title sponsor of the series. The Monster Mile of Dover saw the Cup cars out on track for a fierce battle and it was Martin back on top form for qualifying, taking out pole position ahead of teammate Micklemore on his outside. The first 70 laps were green. Up the front, it was the good old boys of Anscar leading, with Hobson, the first of the new blood, in fifth. Douglas and Micklemore would come down pit lane just a lap or two prior to the first caution being thrown, taking them out of contention. A tussle for the lead between Pearson and Martin 
led for some entertainment as Jones, Lobb, Foster and Dyson all put on a show for the top five positions. As the race went on, we saw some cautions come out, but the biggest was when Aidan Schultz, losing the car on turn four, went across the track, blocking the track, meaning that no one had a place to go in the midfield, taking out half of the competition. While this was happening, Raymond Jaeger would stay out and gain the lead and be able to, to uh, stay there until the closing laps. The fight for the win came down to the wire, with Hobson continuing his great run of form in the Cup recently, taking another victory. Dyson got second. Lobb got third for a career best uh, on the podium. Fourth was the lucky 31 himself, Mr. Raymond Jaeger, uh, making the absolute best of that position. And it was fifth for Michael Skurlock. Championship-wise, it looks like this. Hobson leads by 10 points over Dyson. Pearson is third, 50 points down. Martin, fourth, 72 off the lead. Skurlock, fifth, 77 down. Skurlock, Foster is sixth, 79 down. Allison, strong seventh, 110 down. Eighth is Micklemore, 113 down. Ninth, Traher, 121. And tenth is Gary Wellman, 125 off the lead. Next up, the cup heads off to the Lady in Black, Darlington, for the throwback background. We look forward to seeing some classic-looking cars out on track for uh, that. You can uh, watch the coverage over on Performance eStreaming on YouTube, of course, or head over to the Anscoff Facebook page uh, where you can catch all the action of the Cup this season. As always, a huge thanks to Locked On Lads for bringing all of the best Aussie online action and results. And now back to the studio. Thank you so much for that, Carl. That was a really good wrap-up. Well done, mate. You did really well. So it's much easier than doing it in one whole breath when I'm trying to do it live. So yes. yeah, no, definitely. Um, look, thank you for all the stuff you've been doing for us with the Anscar. It's been really good to work alongside Anscar. Um, we want to work alongside everyone if we can. So if you want to reach out to us, um, we're happy to work with you. Uh, let's go to the person who's not here tonight, and I know you guys are dying to hear this voice. Uh, so Alex McKellar's going to wrap up Sunday Night Lights. Take it away, Alex. G'day everyone, Alex McKellar here with your regular instalment of Top Flight Skippy Action and the weekly wrap of Sunday Night Lights, where this week we'll be taking a look at Round 7, which after the amazing racing at Road America last week, saw us go to a track in Knock Hill that was about as far removed in both location and style as you could get. The reverse layout of the track greeted the drivers and the technical nature of the track combined with the remarkable downhill chicane in the middle sector presented the drivers with quite a unique challenge uh, that had amassed, even still, uh, a strength of field of 5,460, once again continuing our purple patch. Qualifying saw a new Japanese pole sitter in Hikaru Sasaki, I've had tickets on Sasaki since he entered the series and his pace finally shone through this week. Alongside him stood the dethroned king of Quali and his Japanese compatriot Naoya Nagai, a full tenth behind him. On the second row were Smurf and Seb Schultz and community rep Adam Miles. The leading ANZ contender Sam Devantia started fifth with Charlotte round winner Adrian Rodriguez alongside him. Other ANZ drivers on the grid were Vasco Sarovsky, who started 8th, and Brett McBurney, who started from 12th. With overtakes hard to come by, Sasaki and Nagai led the opening laps, and in fact, the normally aggressive Rodriguez was the only one able to move forward, just the one position in the early stages, relegating Devantia back to 6th, with positions otherwise largely unchanged. The first real incident of the race came on lap four with McBurney making a move on the debutante Lynn into turn one to find Osbeck committed to his line already, making his way through the corner. The ANZ driver making contact with both Osbeck and Lynn, who came off second best but were able to continue. Within a couple of laps, it was Rodriguez not leaving enough room at through the very same corner, seeing he and Nagai making contact, the latter requiring a run through the pits to grab a fast repair. This saw the race-defining breakaway of Sasaki and Schultz commence, with the chasing pack bookended by ANZ drivers, led by the cowboy Sam Devantia and trailed by the head clan himself, Vasco Sarovsky. While a few moves and positions were exchanged in the chasing pack, it was Sasaki who went on to take out his maiden victory in an 
excellent performance, announcing himself as a genuine contender. The Japanese driver beating an ever-present Schultz over the line. The chasing pack was led throughout the closing stages and on the final scorer's timesheets by Adam Miles, who returned to the podium for the first in many rounds after a string of very unlucky outs. Leading ANZ driver on the night did end up being Sam Devantia, who finished fourth ahead of Belle Isle race winner Nick Vaughan Roberts, who returned to the top split this week and rounded out the top five. The other ANZ drivers in the field were led home by Vasco Sorovsky in sixth, with Brett McBurney in the points in 11th. Looking at the action in the lower splits, Team Milo was well represented with the pacey Donald Sabinol taking out the win ahead of international drivers who rounded out the podium in Kevin Budgeon and Akira Nakajima. Neil Gardner finished sixth with the other Team Milo driver Luke Witten in eighth. Paul Wilson locked on iRacing's Nathan Verney and Mark Jeffrey followed Witten in order and finished eighth through eleventh with the great Ken Hyams out of the points in 14th. The most capped SNL driver in Jason Wellman was pipped on the line to finish second in his third split tilt. Turning our attention to the championship standings after seven rounds, we see the Japanese strength once again showing through with the leaderboard still topped by Naoya Nagai and Hikaru Sasaki parlaying his win into third place overall. The Cowboy, Sam Devantia, continues to lead the ANZ charge and remains in second place overall, with the battle at the top of the field as tight as we have seen in many seasons. Other ANZ drivers in the top 20 are Mitchell Nichols, who sits in fifth place, with Vasco Sorovsky in ninth, leading Mark Jeffrey and Jason Wilman in 10th and 11th, respectively. A trio of ANZ drivers stretch from 13th to 15th in McBurney, Wilson and Sabinal, with Nathan Verney in 17th and Neil Gardner making his way back into the top 20 this week, sitting in 19th. Next week, the hottest Skippy action moves to the Hungaro Ring, another track where passing can be difficult despite the longer Grand Prix layout. With the average strength of field at its highest point ever at over 5,200 every week of the season so far, the action once again promises to be amazing. So thank you again to all the drivers who turn up each race and every week across the splits. We really do appreciate your ongoing support for as we say our series is for the community, by the community, and that's how we like it. But for now, folks, and until next week, I'm Alex McKellar, and until next time, ciao for now. And thank you for that, Alex. Now, just quickly, we're going to touch on, I got, we got pulled, pulled aside by Mark Johansson last week after the broadcast for and, uh, for the Thunder. And Weekend Warriors are going to hopefully start coming to us soon with the results. So uh, you're walking him through that, aren't you, Carl? I will be indeed, yes. I will be okay. covering a bit more of the Weekend Warrior series, of course, uh, from saturday nights of course and it's the uh australian stock car championship over there of course um and yeah we'll be going through the details and hopefully mark will be getting a wrap up up for us on that one shortly yep and i will start chasing people up soon when i get a spare moment in my life if you are keen though hit us up locked on lads.com slash discord or hit us up on the facebook locked on lads we will happily um chuck your wraps into the podcast or even your news. Like I said, get your news uh, into the podcast as well. Um, that is it for the news this week. The, sorry, the results, the, the little bit of news didn't come back to me. Uh, I need to write stuff down. But that is it for tonight. So nice short one for you all. I love it. So, Carl, thank you for joining us this week, mate. Where can people find you and what have you got planned for the next week? Of course, you can find me over on my uh, YouTube channel. That's Screezilla, S-K-R-E-E-Z-I-L-L-A, uh, for all history and some motorsport stuff and lots of other weird bits and bobs, of course, um, and Facebook on there as well. And, you know, easy enough to find on there. Uh, of course, mainly commentary, of course, it is the, uh, I've got a night off technically tomorrow, but there is the Anscar special with the 87s happening tomorrow night so might check that out hopefully if i'm at home um of course we've got the cup on 
Thursday night at Darlington. So it's the throwback round. So that's going to be fun. Uh, so some classic liveries are going to be out for that one. And uh, Weekend Warriors on Saturday. And then Sunday, it will be the Australasian um, E-Series. So it's a busy week of commentary, basically. Lots and lots of talking about uh, oval racing. That's pretty much my week. That is it. I can't wait to get back to broadcasting with you. I've got a lot of work to do between now and then, but we'll get it done somehow. <laughs> um, the studio will actually be staying in the house. Um, we're, we're just discussing that before with my wife. So the computer will stay where it is until um, probably maybe even after the next podcast, but we're, we're not moving it. So it'll be here. I'll be broadcasting in an empty house with a dog, apparently. I don't know why I'm bringing the dog over. But, Brayden, thank you for joining us tonight. I know it was a last-minute thing and you're exhausted from working so hard, but where can people find you? What you got planned? Yeah, um, supposed to be racing the Porsche around Coda on Thursday night. Um, so this might already, this might not be out yet until after that race. So hopefully, future Braden does well without any practice, assuming I managed yeah, to get that. on. Yeah, I doubt it too. Um, and then it'd be Monday night back for the SRW trucks, which will be around phoenix i think legacy phoenix so i might be having to hit up carl for some tips about the track before i head out and do some practice because i don't well i got a bit of pressure to replicate my fourth place in the first round now so <laughs> um we'll see how we go i'll try turn and get left. some yeah, turn left that'll definitely be a bonus i'll try and get some streams up i didn't stream on monday night um probably lucky it was a very boring race by myself in the, in the truck around coda <laughs> Um, but I just didn't have the energy. <laughs> so I'll see how we go. I might try and get some streams back up. I was pretty good over the holiday break, putting up a stream every time I jumped in the rig, but um, not so much uh, Monday. So you can find those over at twitch.tv slash the1dwade. If I chuck anything up on YouTube, I think I'm going to try and restream it onto YouTube as well so that I've got it on both. Um, that's at the1dwade as well. And if you want to hear me talking about anything else, that's probably being done over on Twitter at Braden Talks. Excellent, David. You can always restream it over to Locked On, lads. If you feel like it, there's always that that option. No one ever takes me up on that option, but it's always I, there. I tried to, but it made my computer die every single time I tried to stream. To that. <laughs> this is, actually, I've got a new computer since the last time I tried, but I think it was something to do with the stream keys and stuff. I might actually, if I if I actually pay for restream, then I I can do it, and then it can just go straight for the thing. Yeah, use we'll the OBS plugin we've got. It's yeah, the fine. one that blows up my computer. Yeah, no worries. My new computer. You've, we're going to have a new computer sponsor soon, maybe. We'll see. Um, so, speaking of that, I, I, the new broadcasting PC, the Locked On, Lads broad, uh, Locked On Lads TV broadcasting PC is in the workshop at the moment, getting concept art, getting done on it. So, hopefully, I will prove that. I reckon Friday or Monday, I'll get a, get the, the version of that, the concept art, and... Hopefully we'll have that up in the in the new house fairly soon as well. Um, but yeah, that's there's not going to be much streaming from me at the moment because I don't have anything. But uh, the next time you'll hear my voice will be uh, Sunday night, the eighth of May, when we broadcast the Australasian Supercar E Series uh, live from somewhere. But it'll be one of my studios, probably the old studio. It's going to Indianapolis for the, for the round one. There you go. Yeah. The Indy 400. So uh, look forward to bringing that to you all. If you are interested, like I said, the not too late to get into that series. Um, we will try and... Braden wants me to do a, a stream of putting the rig together when I get it. So we'll see how that goes. Um, and then I do want to sort of definitely stream the first few races or at least do some videos on it. That's what I wanted to mention. If you are interested, it's too late. You're probably not listening anymore, but... The 9th of December, we are having a Locked On Lads meetup in Sydney uh, over. So that's the Friday. It'll be the Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. We'll be down there. Me and Cal uh, will be down there to race the Formula Ford around the Sydney Motorsport Park. If you are interested, you will need to book early. I'll find out how many spots available they have. Uh, we'll be booking our spots in the next couple of days. But if you are interested in joining us and you want to actually do some racing with us uh, in real life, uh, you'll need to book in for that. Otherwise, we'll have some drinks somewhere as well. So 9th of December, I know it's a long way away, but we're giving you plenty of notice. But that is it from me. But as for Locked On Lads, LockedOnLads.com is the website. Locked On Lads uh, on Facebook, on Twitch, Locked On Lads YT on 
YouTube, other places to get our content. Um, but that is it until next week when I will have a live version of the podcast, question mark. Um, but, yeah, that's it for this week. Braden wants to say something before I go, though. He wants to ruin my outro. I just wanted to double-check. Is it actually still locked on Lads YT on YouTube or did you change it to TV? I changed the name of the channel to Locked On Lads TV, but okay. to find it, it's still slash Locked On Lads YT. That okay. has not changed as yet. Just double checking. No problems. Have a great week, all, and we'll talk to you later. Bye for now. <laughs>